welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 110 of the podcast. In this edition of the podcast, I want to talk about former Red Sox reliever Daniel Bard making an historic comeback with the Colorado Rockies after not pitching the last seven Major League Baseball seasons. This week, it was announced that Bard has made the Major League roster for the Colorado Rockies. And as a Red Sox fan, Daniel Bard is a significant figure in my history of watching the Red Sox. I saw this guy be one of the best setup guys for a short but significant amount of time. I mean, this guy, Bard, was an elite setup man for the Boston Red Sox for three seasons from 2009 to 2011, appearing in 192 games. In 2010, he had an impressive 1.93 ERA, and in 2011, he had a 25 consecutive score in his appearances. And then the second half of 2011 is when his troubles really started as a pitcher during the Red Sox collapse. I mean, do you people remember how bad the Red Sox collapse was? The Red Sox in September of that year had a 7-20 record and blew a 9-game lead to the Rays. And the aftermath of that collapse, look at how many people struggled after and during that collapse. I mean, Carl Crawford was never the same base sealer again. Josh Beckett, who was on a Hall of Fame path, never won double-digit games again. And Daniel Bard never regained control of his pitches after that collapse. Really, the only player during that time that had a bounce back with the Red Sox was John Lackey. I mean, John Lackey went to win World Series with the Red Sox in 2013 and then again with the Cubs in 2016. So really, up until Daniel Bard, John Lackey is the only player of that time to really have a redemption story. Sure, Josh Beckett threw a no-hitter, but he wasn't the same. Carl Crawford was okay with the Dodgers, but he was never a superstar player again. This isn't hyperbole when I say that the Red Sox were never the same team again. I mean, all that goodwill from 2004 and 2007 were seemingly gone. Theo Epstein and Terry Francona were ousted from the organization. I mean, this changed the direction of the Red Sox. And then what happened with Daniel Bard after that is something that happens with most young relief pitchers. Organizations get greedy and try to turn them into starting pitchers. The Yankees did the exact same thing with Jabba Chamberlain. It's not enough for Daniel Bard and Jabba Chamberlain to be the heir apparents to elite closers like Jonathan Papelbon and Mariano Rivera. No, they have to be starting pitchers even though both of their greatest strengths were they had incredible velocity that could not sustain itself for five to nine innings. These guys were built to be relief pitchers and these teams couldn't accept that. Bard ends up losing control of his pitches and I think the in-between of being a starter and a relief pitcher is the reason why. I mean, it must have been coming the pressure from his agents from the Red Sox organization. This is where you're going to make your money as as a starting pitcher. The Red Sox are as much to blame for Daniel Bard's struggles to get back to the big leagues as Daniel Bard himself. They messed with his career. There was this in-between of starter and reliever and the same thing happened to Jabba Chamberlain. Now the Yankees, I think, messed him up more with those stupid Jabba rules like they were babying him because they knew he couldn't hold up as a starting pitcher and I think the Red Sox knew the exact same thing about Daniel Bard. Here's a funny thing. The Red Sox and Reds tried to turn Jonathan Papelbon and Aroldis Chapman into starting pitchers at some point. These teams are just so greedy when it comes to talented young arms. They see a guy who throws 100 and they think that guy should be able to do that for five innings 
when we all know there's no way a Roldis Chapman can throw 110 miles per hour in the fifth inning. But during the ninth inning, he can do it almost every pitch. It's like baseball treats these guys as like second-class citizens. I loved what the Atlanta Braves did with Craig Kimbrell. They found a guy. They said, look, you're a closer. You're going to be our closer. There's no way you're ever going to be a starting pitcher. You can just look at those guys and know that guy is a relief pitcher. And the same thing can be said for Daniel Bard. There's no way that guy can have the same velocity in the first inning that he'll have in the sixth inning. There's no value in having him as a starter. But as a relief pitcher, he can come in and impact 70-plus Major League Baseball games a year. That should have been enough for the Boston Red Sox. But no, they got greedy as an organization. And again, they're not the only ones who've done this. The Yankees with Jabba. The Justin Verlanders of the world who can throw 98 miles per hour in the sixth inning are a rarity. And Jabba Chamberlain and Daniel Bard are not in that category. They are one-trick ponies. They should pitch one inning, maybe an inning and a half at most. That's where their careers should have gone. But no, teams like the Red Sox and Yankees tried to make these guys into starting pitchers, and that's why they struggled. It's not that Daniel Bard lost his control. Daniel Bard didn't know his own self-worth within the organization. Am I a starter? Am am I a reliever? I think that's where the real struggles came in. You can blame the 2011 collapse. He was real bad as a reliever that second half, but I think he ultimately would have bounced back if he knew he was going to be a reliever from that day on. There should have been a set plan with Daniel Bard. The in-between of it all is why Daniel Bard struggled, in my opinion. I mean, would it really have been that bad for the Red Sox when they move on from Jonathan Papelbon? They could have gone right into Daniel Bard being the closer. That should have been enough. That's maddening that it wasn't enough. They didn't need him to be a starting pitcher. At the time, they had Josh Beckett, Clay Buckles, and John Lester. That's a pretty good threesome as a pitcher. And they already had John Lackey at that point. There was no need for the Boston Red Sox to get more starting pitching. And the Red Sox of all teams should know the value of a relief pitcher. This was a team that did closer by committee in 2003 and it didn't work out. They should know the value of a relief pitcher. Yet they saw a guy who can throw 99 miles per hour and thought to themselves, this guy's best served as being a starting pitcher. Now again, maybe Daniel Bard decided that that was the best route. Maybe his agent told him that. But the team should have done right by Daniel Bard by telling him, guess what? dude. You are a relief pitcher. That is where you fit within this organization. That's where you're going to have your best years in baseball. And I think part of the reason he hasn't been able to bounce back these past seven years is partly due to that time where he was trying to be a starting pitcher. That messes with their head. None of these guys ever bounce back from being a starting pitcher. Jabba Chamberlain was never able to go back in the bullpen and be the same Jabba who was a great setup man for Mariano Rivera. The same thing for Daniel Bard. It wasn't just easy enough going, okay, it didn't work out for a starter, now you're a relief pitcher again. It does something to their heads. The in-between of it, they're like doubting the value of that position. I think the Red Sox have done this with other players too, by the way. Like the in-between of Blake Swihart being a first baseman, an outfielder, or a catcher. Guess what he is? He's a good hitter. There's value in that. The Red Sox seemingly sometimes can 
can't see the value of what the player actually is. Here's a guy who throws 99 miles an hour. It's obvious where he should be. He should be a relief pitcher. Swihart, it's obvious he's a good batter, but they don't know what position he is. Like, they overlook what the actual talent of the dude is, and they're not the only team that does this. Most teams in Major League Baseball treat their players the exact same way. Instead of them saying, Daniel Bard, you were fantastic from 2009 and 2011, they went to him and were like, we're going to find this new position for you. I'm sorry, that's maddening at that point. He had had success. He had a 1.93 ERA in 2010 and a 25 consecutive game scoreless streak. Clearly, his strength was being in the bullpen. I gotta tell you, I don't even really see the value of being a starting pitcher anymore, other than the fact that they do get more handsomely paid than relievers. They don't have that same value that they used to. Most guys throw five innings and then they're out of there. Like, there's not that same complete game, hitter, guy, no hitter thing going on anymore. They're not that valuable to your team as they used to be. And I do feel that, like, what happened to Daniel Bard is happening less and less in baseball. Like, there's no more of that stigma of a guy being a relief pitcher and then ooh, we got to find that value and you have to turn into a starting pitcher like if Jonathan Papelbon were the closer today no team would ever think that Jonathan Papelbon should be a starting pitcher I mean that's just how ridiculous things were back then I mean just the thought of Papelbon and Chapman being starters is ridiculous and the same thing should have been said for Daniel Bard there was no need for him to be a starting pitcher now with setup guys more valuable than ever they probably never would have done that to Daniel Bard and he would have been paid handsomely as a relief pitcher and then never would have felt the need to become a starting pitcher. To me, that's the downfall of Daniel Bard's career. You can call it confidence. You can call it lack of control. But I really think it's the in-between of him being a relief pitcher and a starting pitcher. This isn't Rick Ankeel. Rick Ankeel was a starter who lost control. Daniel Bard was a setup man who tried to make the transition to starting pitcher on behalf of the organization and himself like the organization was fully on board with this and they should have said no we need you as a relief pitcher it's best for your career to be that I think the Red Sox didn't consider the player when making that decision and again the same thing can be said for Blake Swihart I get it they're a team they're trying to get the most wins they're trying to get the most bang for their bucks if Daniel Bard had become a really good starting pitcher they would have looked like geniuses like look what we found we found this guy who froze 99 miles per hour and now he's an ace pitcher but that didn't happen and instead he went seven years without pitching in the majors and the Red Sox had a big part to play in that and listen the Red Sox don't owe them apologies they're not going to apologize to Bard they're not going to apologize to Swihart but I think it should be mentioned if and when these guys really do come back I want to see Blake Swihart with another team and I want to see Daniel Bard do really well with the Colorado Rockies because I believe they were done wrong by the organization. I 100% believe that. And even though Daniel Bard hasn't pitched in the past seven seasons, he is still only 35 years old. And he last pitched professionally at any level at 32. And before that, 
he attempted comebacks with the Cubs, the Rangers, the Cardinals, the Mets. I mean, this guy has not given up. I mean, when Rick Ankeel made his comeback, he came back as a position player and he was hitting home runs and he was playing great defense. Daniel Barr did not make that change. He stayed at that same position. All of a sudden, he went back on the mound and had that same velocity. I mean, the fact that he never gave up, that's why people admire athletes. It's not about who they are as a person. It's like that will to never give up. This guy in his heart knew he was a major league baseball pitcher. And you can't say he did it for the money because these past seven seasons, he wasn't making any. These past seven years, he wasn't paid that amount that he probably thought he was going to make. I mean, at some point, he was promised fame and wealth if he turned himself into a starting pitcher. And then all of that went away. He wasn't even the same setup man anymore. It was all taken away for him. He had every reason to quit the game of baseball because at some point the game of baseball did as much harm as it did good for him but he still wouldn't give up that's why athletes are admired that's why I admire athletes the will to never give up and be an athlete in his heart he is an athlete it wasn't about the money it wasn't about success it's his need to play the game of baseball even if Daniel Barr comes back with the Rockies and isn't that same guy I watched from 2009 to 2011 it doesn't matter the fact that he got back there after seven years is impressive enough and it's movie worthy I mean they made a movie about the rookie they should make a movie about Daniel Bard that's my stance on this the actual games they don't matter yes it would be an incredible story if Daniel Bard were to win let's say comeback player of the year I don't really see that happening but just the fact that he's back says a lot I mean this guy went through so many teams again the Cubs the Mets the Cardinals I think another thing that's not talked about is the torture of watching young promising players not live up to the hype after a while. I mean, you saw the potential in Daniel Bard to have a really long career, and it really didn't end up happening for him. The same thing can be said for Red Sox third baseman Will Middlebrooks. I mean, this guy had incredible power. He had incredible potential. It seemed like his defense was going to be there. It looked like he was going to be the Red Sox third baseman for years to come. And then injuries hit, and he wasn't that same guy. It's so grueling to watch someone falter before it even begins to shine. I mean, we talk about greatness. We talk about like David Ortiz and we talk about all that, but the forgotten ones, the Daniel Bards, those are the ones that hurt because you watch what they could be and they ultimately don't end up living up to that for whatever reason. Loss of control for Bard, injuries for Will Middlebrooks. I mean, for all those guys like Pedroia, like Ellsbury, like Papabon, for all those guys that actually do become stars, they're those guys that almost and Daniel Bard is one of those guys he's an almost Will Middlebrooks is an almost Blake Swihart you can see the potential that he could have been something and as great as it is to see those other guys become stars it hurts to watch the other guys not live up to that potential I mean, I probably bring up Daniel Bard's name at least once a year thinking about what happened because I really saw the potential of him as a relief pitcher. I wanted him to become Papa Bond's replacement. That's where I saw his career going. And when someone's career doesn't go the way you thought, it really hurts. Non-sports fans don't understand this, but when you really see the potential of someone and it doesn't end up happening, it actually hurts. Especially back then as a 
a younger fan of the Red Sox. I mean, I saw all those guys explode. Pedroia, Ellsbury, Papelbon, Buckles. I was rooting so hard for Daniel Bard, Will Middlebrooks to become star players of their own. And Daniel Bard was so close to that happening. And then all of a sudden, he was gone for baseball for seven seasons. I mean, you really do envision careers for these guys. You think Will Middlebrooks will become like Wade Boggs-like or something. You think Daniel Bard will become Jonathan Papelbon. You think Jose Iglesias will become Ozzy Smith? That's what you do with young baseball players. And then when they don't become that thing, again, it kind of hurts to watch and you never forget about those guys because there were glimpses of them being those guys and they just couldn't live up to that potential again for reasons. I mean, Iglesias' reason was he couldn't hit for Bard and Middlebrooks. It was other reasons. Bard lost his control and Middlebrooks was due to injury. And Daniel Bard's comeback to baseball could not be happening a better time. I mean, it's been a bad offseason for baseball. There's been a labor dispute whether or not to play. There's only going to be a 60-game season. We need a good baseball story. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Baseball kind of is the sport that most resembles life. There's been ups. There's been downs in your career. And Daniel Bard went through a terrible, terrible down where he wasn't even in the sport for seven seasons. And now he's making a comeback with the Colorado Rockies. Now, maybe pitching in Coors Field isn't the ideal scenario, but Daniel Bard is not going to be picky, and I, for one, am rooting for him to make a comeback. Again, I don't care if he appears in 18 games, in 19 games, in 30 games. If he pitches well, that will be good enough for me. It won't erase the what if of his career. Like I, there will still always be that what if. What if they just let him be the up and coming closer and replace Jonathan Papelbon? I'll still always have that in my mind, but it will be a pretty good conclusion to a solid career. I mean, this guy was really good at one point and then he went through a downward spiral and he wasn't really able to end his career on a good note. I mean, ending your career, losing your control is embarrassing. I mean, having a Chuck Knobloch at second base. He was able to end his career in the outfield with the Yankees. And Keel was able to end his career as a hitter. I'm hoping that the end for Daniel Bard's career is solid. I really hope he does come back. I hope he has a few more seasons in baseball because he deserves to have those years back. Because again, I don't fully think he's the reason his career didn't end up so well. That in between of being a reliever and starter, I'm going to hammer home this point because I truly believe this. Pick one or the other it was so obvious that Daniel Bard should have been a relief pitcher from the get-go. They never should have made that transition to starting pitcher. The Red Sox as an organization just got greedy the same way the Yankees got greedy by trying to turn Jabba into a starter. I mean, there's another reality where those two guys replaced Mariano Rivera and Jonathan Papelbon and things work out for their careers. That's what I think should have happened for both of those pitchers. And I'm just glad one of them is able to get a redemption story. I mean, Java Chamberlain was able to have a few more seasons than baseball, but Daniel Bard, everything was taken away from him, and now he's back in the game that he loves, Major League Baseball. And I, for one, am rooting for him, and so should you, because comebacks are amazing. I mean, what if this guy is incredible again? What if he's throwing 99 miles per hour, and what if he wins Comeback Player of the Year? That will be the best story of the 2020 season, no doubt. Going back to my childhood, I care about Daniel Bard as a pitcher, and I am rooting for him to do well, and I think most Red Sox fans should too, because even though we love the Red Sox, they kind
kind of did wrong by Daniel Bard, in my opinion. That moment where he gets back on the mound for the first time since 2013 is going to be incredible. I hope it gets nationally televised because it's worthy of that. I hope it's on MLB Network. I hope everyone's watching, and I hope Daniel Bard gets the spotlight that he deserves. I hope the Rockies are good this season. I hope Daniel Bard's on a good team. I hope he pitches good because baseball needs a feel-good story, and that's exactly what Daniel Bard is right now, a feel-good story because America loves a comeback. And I really hope that Daniel Bard gets to pitch at Fenway again. That would be incredible. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So please rate, review, and subscribe.